Uh, as long as I don't have to see a pink uniform for a little while, I'm fine. <laughs> so. Welcome to A More Philly Union, the podcast where we swear to talk about the Philly Union, the whole Philly Union, and nothing but the Philly Union, with as few digressions as possible. We're your hosts. I'm Paul. I'm C. And I'm a sultry E. And we're all back from vacation. Thanks for uh, putting up with our our time away. Um, We we didn't really coordinate too well with all the what was going on in the soccer world, but eh, you do what you can. Yeah, but it was just League's Cup. Yeah, <laughs> and right, housekeeping. Yeah. Housekeeping. Let's get to, let's get this out of the way. Um, help <laughs> us help the U challenge. We are currently up to six hundred and seventy-four downloads. Up tw- up twenty-six downloads from last week. And uh, so, thank you to everybody. Uh, e, any new listeners you want to mention? Yeah. So let's uh, welcome uh, new listeners. Uh, and by new listeners, these are listeners from states we don't have yet. On the map. So, for anyone who is a new listener from a state we've already had, welcome to all of you. That's just a standard setting here. So, welcome to all new listeners, but particularly we have new listeners from Michigan and Colorado. Okay. So, welcome, guys uh, and gals. Uh, And we have one abroad um, from Italy. So, yeah, we're we're Spain, Italy. We're going to, you know, yeah, get the whole. Mediterranean, I don't know, but hey, <laughs> welcome, ciao. Um, glad to have you with us. Thank you so much for downloading. Um, just as a refresher for anybody who might be new to the podcast, to help us help the U challenge, we're trying to see how fast we can get to a thousand downloads. As long as we can do that before the end of the season, we're going to donate some money to the Philadelphia Foundation. And um, if we can get there early, then we're going to do- do- donate that much more. And just like a rough number of downloads, just given, I think we only have now nine or eight weeks left. So we're going to have to all have to pitch in here to get to that thousand before the end of the regular season. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, we all know we're going to get some extra weeks because the unions are going to, they're going to make it to the playoffs. No, I, I shouldn't be that presumptuous, but I don't want to tempt fate. But yeah, so I think we're going to need to kind of be getting that more than 30 downloads a week, roughly. But hey, we'll get there. Well, we gotta just find some, you know, keep keep putting out the, the content, and hopefully, you know, find some ways to get some some uh, extra listeners coming in. I don't know, maybe we can reach out to a couple of other podcasters, yeah. or uh, actually get in touch with the union and try to get some 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 people on the call. Yeah, there we go on the on the cast with us. That would be fun. All right. Uh, speaking of getting back to the season, let's talk mm-hmm. the end of the mm-hmm. league's cup, shall we? Oh, yeah. Uh, first game we realized we hadn't talked about yet was the quarterfinal game where the union hosted Kerataro. Um, yep. and, uh, you know, that was, believe it or not, like two weeks ago now. Feels and, so long. Uh, yeah. You know, the union managed to win this one without going mm-hmm. to penalty kicks for, for once out of the elimination rounds. That was a little bit of a nail biter though. <laughs> well, it took him to the 11th minute of second half stoppage time for uh, <laughs> Christie's favorite Drexel Dragon to That's finally right. score a goal. <clears throat> That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the Union, uh, it was surprising. I mean, that was the second time they faced Carataro in the League's Cup. The first time they won four to one. Yeah. Uh, so it's pretty clear they they brought out a different lineup. And they I think- absolutely did. Christy, this was not the backup goalkeeper, or at least not the same backup no. goalkeeper. 
Mm-mm. No. Yeah, if memory serves, I think they rolled out kind of with their their starters in this yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I although I the um we're pretty sure the keeper was still a, was he a sub? I'm pretty yes. sure okay. it was still a sub, but just a different right. sub. Because yeah. the the uh uh keeper from last time was on the sidelines. Okay. So. All right. Yeah. And I think they might have actually been uh they might have done a transfer or a loan from like Club America for a player or two, if mm-hmm. I remember yeah. if, if that was the game. I can't remember. And exactly. it's, it's my understanding too that you know the um the Liga MX teams, their season's actually still going on yeah. during the cup tournament. Mm-hmm. So they're managing players, you know, playing both regular league games and this cup tournament back and forth between us and mexico so in terms of uh players logistics um keeping people fresh and not injured uh they probably have more on their plate i think um, that's pretty impressive that they're doing that much travel and, and still yeah. able, able to complete compete exactly. obviously it didn't help get Carataro get past the quarterfinals in this yeah. one case but it's just um, a pretty unfair tournament uh, like just uh, my opinionation as i generally said before the we started it, but uh, for the the Mexican teams, because they all had to play in the U.S., they also have their season going on. They didn't pause their season for this. So, um, you know, they were at a definite disadvantage. So, you know, the fact that it ended up being two MLS teams, perhaps for some other reasons as well. But, um, yeah, it, it felt a little bit loaded, like the dice were loaded in, our, in MLS's favor. But, um but at the same point, the CONCACAF Champions Cup or champ- well, it was the Champions League this year and now will be the Champions Cup moving forward takes place in the beginning of the year when the MLS teams are just getting done play- a preseason and the Mexican teams are in the middle of the Clausura. So, you know, there, there's I agree that it definitely feels like it's weighted for MLS playing in the U.S., playing during in the midst of, you know, in the, in the prime of the season. Um, and I know you guys kind of have come to enjoy this, but I still I still wish it didn't happen. Um, that said, I'm convinced that it's not going away. So I either have to get on board or just get out of the way. So <laughs> well, I'm going to play the uh, the lawyer in the first Jurassic Park movie and ask the questions that um, maybe most people don't understand because I also don't understand. Um, so this League's Cup is going to then be Champions Cup next season? No. Is that how it's going to work? It'll be a separate competition. Right, so there'll be Champions Cup next season and League's Cup next season. Yes. And Open Cup. I don't know about Open Cup. It's going to be interesting. I mean, Open Cup is the longest-running, oldest it's the oldest consecutively competed or you know continuously contested, played. yeah contested um sports trophy in US in the US. Mm-hmm. Um so I can't imagine that the Lamar Hunt US Open Cup is gonna go away. Yeah, I'd imagine too. But yes, League's Cup will be back next season. CONCACAF runs the Champions Cup, and that will that will be back. And it's the top three finishers in the uh leagues cup will get automatic buys into the CONCACAF uh champions cup so yeah it's it, it, All it, right. it seems like and well the leagues cup is literally every team in mls versus every team in mexico 
Right. That's the idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, Which I at, at first glance, I kind of like that. Yeah, but I kind of yeah. wish it happened when both when time. both leagues were royally rolling, and I don't know if there's a good time for doing that. Yeah, yeah, this does feel like this is going to be too full of a schedule. Well, it'll be interesting to see how it how they schedule it next year, since there's not a women. This was precisely scheduled with the women's World yeah. Cup. Now, I mean, maybe they'll just do the same thing again. I don't know, but like, um, I, I I can't help but think that that was purposeful scheduling, and MLS never seemed to do anything twice the same way. So okay. I would be curious to see how they schedule it next year. Um, so I guess we'll find out. Well, so the Union advanced from the quarterfinals, uh, moved on to the semifinals where they got to host uh, uh, Miami, and and uh, they got to bring the goat to Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, we were all away for that trip or for that game, so none of us got tickets for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and yeah, so we we were watching the first twenty minutes live on our cell phones before we got dinner, and then after dinner we we watched the rest of it. Um, well, you didn't really have to at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Um. Yeah, I guess uh, as far as this game goes, it was just very frustrating. Like. Um, I, I I've been listening to some of the union podcasts and I kind of agree with a lot of them. A lot of the frustration being felt that it just, it didn't seem like the union wanted to actually play to win this game from the beginning. And then yeah. it didn't help them being so defensive because they gave up yeah. a goal in the first, what, two minutes of the game. Uh, yeah. It's like the third minute. Um, and it wasn't even Messi who scored that one. It's Martinez. And then Messi just had that laser of a shot. Mm-hmm. In it the was 20th minute. Yeah, I mean it was a messy goal. I mean, yeah, messy yeah. in the proper name sense. Yeah, it it was a beautiful shot. Let's yeah. be clear, yeah. it was a really well taken shot, 30, 35 yards out, and somehow still manages to beat one of the best shot stoppers in MLS. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously, you kind of want to wonder if Blake was out of position, and somehow, mm-hmm. obviously, I doubt Blake expected to see Messi take a shot that fast and yeah. from that spot, but. Uh, very frustrating. Um, do you think goalkeepers like do you think Blake is a bittersweet moment in the sense of like, oh man, I lit in that coal, but it came from Messi, so <laughs> by more bitter at that point. Um, yeah, probably. Um, before we get to the third goal, um, I want to go back to the um, I just want to go back to that they were saying about the the way that game was started, you know, I, I felt like this is a game of two halves, right? Because remember, we were watching like the mm-hmm. lineup. It's a 5-4-1. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was so defense heavy, and it was a formation <clears throat> that was close to similar. It was similar to other formations we played in the past, but it felt a little too too disjointed. It felt like that wasn't us. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Carranza was injured. Aura got sat down after you know his lackluster performance against Carataro. Um, and, and I mean, they they just rolled out Donovan. You know, no no offense to to him, but you know he's not exactly terrifying. You know, when mm-hmm. our forward is Chris Donovan, and their forwards are Joseph Martinez, <laughs> Messi, and then whoever they put out on the other side, yeah. it's like. Wait, this just doesn't add up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But it did feel like it was a that that lineup just struck me as like what? Like 
is either going to like be like this master stroke of strategy or it's going to go the way it went. And well, Jim Curtin all but said it was a mistake at the half. Sure. So, yeah. and they did correct for it. I felt like in the mm-hmm. second half, they rolled right back yeah. out with that four, four, two. And, it was a different game in that. Yeah, second. but it was three nothing at that point. Right, exactly. Point. And and I mean, many of the the announcers and, and probably you heard this on the podcast and things too. Paul was said that the they felt like they were too cowed by Miami. Like there's like yeah, respect your opponent, but there was too much respect and awe. I don't know if it, if that's true. Um, you know how much it was respect and awe, and how much it was just fear. I I, I don't know. Um, but. Well, I hope they got it out of their system. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because I was hoping, I was thinking tonight, you know, maybe they, watching the third place game, that, you know, maybe, maybe it's going to happen now. Yeah. Maybe if we have to play them again. Exactly. I mean, we're not going to host them again unless we play them in the, a host, uh, a playoff game against them. And we certainly don't want them to play like this in a playoff game because that will be the end of the season because they play, play terrible. Terrible. Yeah. There does, feel to be that mystique surrounding Miami right now that um you know it's kind of like as long as everybody believes it it's true mm-hmm. um and as soon as that bubble gets popped I'm hoping you know the house of cards well there is such there's just such well I don't have to tell you there's just such a buildup around all you know Messi being there even Taylor who was t- t- excuse me Taylor Twelman who was calling the game um said okay. I today uh said like how one man making such a difference and actually the the other announcer who, who whose name is lost to history at least for me because i i didn't catch it um but anyway he kind of politely called him on it without fully calling him on it and said it's not one man it's messy and then they brought alba and then they bought brought or i or yes. i said bought and i that works too yeah. uh busquets um you know and then taylor kind of backtracked a little bit without fully backtracking you know in that way that announcers do um but Supplement doubt often wrong yeah 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 exactly so um yeah, but it, 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 i just i i wonder how miami managed to get that much money to bring in those players and how and it just feels like you know, I hate to say it, but it just feels like somebody just decided. All right, David Beckham's got a team. We got to make sure they get some get some hardware, and you know that they get some love. You know, and it's like, why 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 is it always you know these particular teams like New York out of New York or out of LA now that's yeah. out of Miami? It just feels like the the league's kind of bending over backwards to make yeah. sure they win. It doesn't ever seem to happen for. I mean, much less for the for Philly. Uh, you yeah. know, Real Salt Lake, uh, yeah. you know, Houston, Columbus, Columbus um, you know, it just feels Dallas. like, yeah. say, go I on. don't care if it doesn't happen for Dallas. Well, no. I mean, okay, <laughs> yeah. sure. Bad choice on a Philly podcast to say Dallas. Yeah. That's on me. Well, this does branch off into a topic I do want to talk about. Um, this is a little, I'm struggling with this, right? So. You know, maybe let's finish talking about the game, and then maybe we'll come back to this. I'm, uh, the only bright spot, in my opinion, in this game was Bedoya. It was great yeah. to see him get back yep. on the field, yep. um, get in Captain. there in the second half uh, sub, and I think it was probably one of his first touches score goal. Yep. yep. 
he was, and it was a there. nice done, nicely done goal. I mean, yeah. As as coaches always say, when you when a ball's crossed over and crossed into the middle, anybody who gets to the ball needs to put it to the ground. Yeah. And he, he not he did that, and he put it under one defender, and then bounced it into the net, and it was well taken, and it was a nice finish for him. It looked like he was playing handball with his feet. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. Yeah. It was. I just felt like you know. Captain America is out there leading the charge, you know? Yeah. Um, It was was a little too little too late, but it's kind of like something we might lose, but you know what? We're going to still show who we are. Yeah. And I felt like you brought that, our, our Philly union way of playing back onto the field. Do you want to talk about your Jordi Alba rage? Let's go to the Jordi Alba's goal number three in that first half, right? Martinez scores. All right. Messi scores. Uh, All right. It's messy. But then that Jordi Alba goal. Now, we're watching on a small phone. No, this is in the 45th minute, but we're still watching on a small phone. It really looked like he scores that goal and he starts doing the whole putting the baby to bed right in front of the sons of bed, like totally antagonistic. Now, we're all big kids here. We got to be able to, you know, give and take with the best of them. But freaking Jordy album, man. I just like, you know, <laughs> um, I don't know. Oh yeah, he just that that's rubbed me the wrong way. But you know, I, I'm saying that as the loser in this whole discussion. But it's just like it's like the big kid picking on the little kid, and and you're bragging about it. I don't know. It just it I was just saw that, and yeah, there was some expletives. Well, yeah, it's unfortunate that we had a shared wall because um, mm-hmm. there there was a kid next door, and there was well, there was cussing coming from me. There was just anger coming from you, yeah. and. um Kind of refrained after we realized there was a child who was awake, but um, yeah, it wasn't great. Um, and I think we we're both feeling a little low at yeah. that point, so yeah, I just yeah, that Jordi Alba goal and that cel- oh, the celebration. I was just like, all right, it's time to go pick a fight. And you know what, Bedoya scratched that itch yeah. with that goal. I'm like, all right, good, mm-hmm. you know, or something, so preserve yeah. a little pride, yeah. a little bit of pride. We lost, but. You know, it was the bad news bears finish. You know, like, yeah. hey, you guys can take that trophy and just and shove it. Yeah. So yeah, that four one loss, it was it was sobering. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of that first half was and you know, was, and people have admitted to various things, but it was a demonstration of <clears throat> what not to do. Um, but then we came well to be fair to the union. Like Busquets really wasn't in this game. Like no. Dodge Dog did do a good job marking him out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Martinez and the defense obviously lost Messi that one time, but I don't think Messi had any other assists during the night. Um, you know, so there were some good things the team did, but on the whole, it was a pretty tough game yeah. to watch. Yeah. Um, but it did mean that the union moved on to the third place game and they yeah. still had a chance winning that they would get the uh the the, the birth in the CONCACAF Champions Cup next year mm-hmm. interestingly in this match they played against Monterey because uh, Monterey lost to Nashville on the other semifinal and Monterey has always already uh secured a spot in the CONCACAF Champions Cup because of their finish in the Clausura. and makes so sense now. okay um but oh, if yeah. the union if the union had lost and and the third place game then monterey would not have taken the or would have taken the 
League's Cup spot from for the CONCACAF Champions Cup, and then the Mexican Clausura spot would have gone to Lyon, if I remember okay, correctly. Okay, they would get that one more. Got it. Yeah. I would say that explains it because Monterey rolled in with all 11 players' positions. None of them were starters. Yeah, that, that makes they, sense. They, they just rolled out the B squad. Yeah, I remember thinking like Monterey, like don't you at least want to like try to win this? I really felt like they're just rolling with their B squad. But now that you mentioned that, okay, that makes a lot more sense. And and the union did roll. They uh, did three nothing. <laughs> three nothing. It was it was a, definitely a, a bomb for our, our for for our wounds from that that <laughs> semifinal game. You know, it doesn't fix things, but. I think it helped clear our minds a little bit, you know, that three, mm-hmm. three mil win. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I mean, I, I did watch the game, um, but I, I don't really remember a whole lot of specifics. Is there anything you want to bring up? Well, the mm-hmm. unions scored first in less than 20 seconds <laughs> yeah. into the game. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That, that was, uh, yeah, because or. You know, it was on, coming down, crossing the center. Gossock took a shot, went off the post, and Bueno was right there, which to me, I saw that as his his uh, um, in, um, initiation into the triangle of death. And you go from <laughs> Or to Gossock, whoever that third guy is, triangle of death. So welcome Bueno to the triangle of death. Yeah, I don't know if someone in nicknamed Choo Choo sounds all that threatening. Um in the triangle of death, but that's okay. But it could be that reverse psychology. It's such a sweet sounding name yeah. that you should be even that much more afraid yeah. of them. You know, it's like, true. you know, it's like the little Lego well, kitty princess that goes all crazy and starts attacking everything, you know? So you know, it's official. Bueno is our little Lego kitty princess. The unicorn kitty. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Push down your emotions until you have to <laughs> unleash them in a fit of rage. Yeah. Um, I think another another interesting uh, parallel between this game and the uh, semifinal against uh, Miami was again, and Christy, I think you pointed this out, was Bedoya's goal mm-hmm. in this one. Yep, yeah, it was pretty much mm-hmm. almost identical. It's identical, yeah. yeah. Um, at least it appeared to be. So, yeah, that was that was nice to see him score. Two so. two two substitution performances, two goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. He's turning it to our. Landon Donovan super sub. <laughs> yeah, the other little side thing I, I noticed in this game, totally unrelated to soccer itself, is it was nice that uh, Sons of Ben had, a, or um, someone in the Sons of Ben had a banner up with, the, uh, I guess, a little tribute to Sinead O'Connor with the Nothing Compares to You, mm-hmm. with the Blue You. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's you know, for those music fans out there. And mm-hmm. whatnot. I was like, that's nice. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. So, um, so we, Wrapped up a third place in that tournament. So, you know, that's not not nothing. Um, Just to really quick touch back on um, a bit of what Paul was saying um, about uh, these players often going to New York, L.A., you know, that kind of thing, Um, you know, Miami. Um, I had a mini um, future of the MLS crisis after um, the Union at Miami game. I, I still am. Oh, I still am too. You know, and, and I've been having it ever since Messi joined the league, but I hadn't really. I was able to put my head in the sand because we weren't playing Miami, so yeah. I was able to ignore it. But I am. I, I know. Well, anyway, I, I just I'm just worried about where the the league is headed 
with this sort of stunt casting, you know, you see so many things about how the tickets for Miami are normally, mm-hmm. you know, well, I saw something that said $46, as we all know there, it depends where you are in the stadium and all kinds of sure. things, but uh, you know, and how they're going for much more than that now. And, and, and I know that's um, a unique phenomenon, but I, I am just concerned about how this will push the league around. Um, I mean, I don't know how long he'll actually play, and I think things will kind of level off at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's got a two-year contract, right. um, so I don't know if that means middle of 2025 or end of 2024, and he's clear. Uh, but, you know, as far as prices and stuff, I mean, they've they've raised prices at the Union Stadium every year. Uh, yeah, for- but I, I, this is exponential, and, yeah. and my my concern also even beyond prices, although that's big, um, is is just like sort of the spirit of it. It's just you know the union has been working hard for years with with their homegrowns and doing all that kind of thing, and I mean it, any team can do this at any time. It just happened to be messy, which was just such a big leap, but. Um, it, you know, just just going and grabbing players, and and I mean, I, I guess it's it's how it works, sort of. But the, it just well, it, it, you it could feels look at it as this way uh, mm-hmm. that we're kind of growing up because that's effectively what Man City did. You know, a couple years back, yeah, that, that big. You know, I, I forget the guy's name when it came in, bought Man City, and just plunked down like a billion dollars for them to go buy. Uh, uh, you know, by the quality of players they would need to go win the win yeah. the EPL, and they did. And and here's the thing, though, I know they can do it. I know it's allowed. I know if they have, you know, as long as they're within whatever league rules are about designated players and all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, it's all above board. Uh, you know, at least in theory. Uh, you never know with soccer, but um, it just makes me sad. I guess that's where I'm at, you know, right or wrong, you know, above board or not. It just, uh, it's unfortunate. And, you know, I've been really, uh, you know, MLS has become a bigger part of my <laughs> life that I don't, it's not my identity by any means, but, you know, it's become a bigger, something I enjoy much more than I ever thought I would. Mm-hmm. And I'm just worried that it's going to be ruined. Um, you know, that I'm sort of starting to watch the, crumbling happening or at least a crumbling for me you know in the sense of like i don't want it to stagnate i don't want it to go away i mean i'm not hoping for it to to get smaller or anything but um well i'm I'm just concerned about the future of it for the average person i I can absolutely appreciate that and understand that and and agree with that in all honesty Mm -hmm. um it it was nice when parody actually met parody Mm-hmm. But when you start allowing designated players and you can give them absurd contracts, like I'm sure Messi got uh, to go join Miami. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be clubs that do that and, and just go and buy the players that they need to go win, win the tournament. Um, I don't know if either of you have ever read the book Moneyball or, or even to some extent watched the movie. Oh, the movie. Um, but it's it's actually you know it's almost been become like a four letter word in some in some uh, spheres the term moneyball. But if you're not aware of what it is, essentially, um, eh, the bunch of years back, the Oakland Oakland A's 
athletics. Uh, they are uh, they, they don't have much money. They just don't. Their ownership don't put that much money into the team. So they took they used uh, analytics to find players and uh, that were undervalued based off of certain metrics. Um, and they brought them in and the metrics that they used were like on base percentages and such like this. So basically mm-hmm. how many pitches a pit player would take little things that actually had outsized impact on the results of the games. Then they went and bout, brought in players that were seen to be, you know, over the past their prime and stuff like that. And what that allowed them to do is they built a team that did very well in the long run. So they they ended up setting a record for the number of wins in a season at over as like 106 out of 160 games they've won that one season and it mm-hmm. was a record up until like the following season that the Yankees went and bought a whole bunch of players mm-hmm. anyway, um, but it was it was this un this small market team doing insanely well following metrics that others weren't following and that's kind of been an idea uh, an identity that the union have adopted for a while where they will they'll bring up their homegrowns and this was actually a topic i wanted to talk about was um seeing the emergence of some of the union's young players like bueno like mclin um you know even to some extent donovan and harriel uh and Bizo, where these are players um that you know, they're, they're, those players are young, but then you also have players like Carranza who brought in, had a big price tag, was expected to do great and didn't. Um, and the union brought him in on an insane transfer. Um, people like Gajdag and Aura, who might have been undervalued and bring them in. And I think it gives the union a chance to do well in the long run, because let's mm-hmm. face it, the only only hardware the union have won so far is the supporter shield. But they don't do well in elimination tournaments routinely. Mm. Like the, the mm, A's, they lost, I think, in the first round of the playoffs. Because in a seven-game series, they may not win three games. They may mm-hmm. not win the fourth game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but over a 20-game series or a hundred game season, they're gonna win a lot of games. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I see the union. And to back to wrapping this all back around to what Christie's point. Um, yeah, I, I definitely understand and I appreciate the idea that we don't really want to have a, a league of haves and haves not have nots. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's there is no there is no rate or very little regulation on a lot of the European leagues because mm-hmm. they've been around for so long and they didn't have mm-hmm. at least the MLS does have does have some right. some parity. Um, you know, it's not quite the NFL level, but I kind of wonder if once they start getting the money that they might start doing something like that. And then mm-hmm. you'll see more parity of the like the NFL has where, yeah, I mean, team budgets are absurd. They're like, I don't even know, like three hundred million dollars just pulling a number out of the out of the out of the thin air there for the for the NFL teams. Um, and there are certain team players on those rosters that make the majority of it, but uh, you know, they do manage to find some way to keep parity involved. Yeah, I thought the same thing, right? Because <laughs> for me, it's kind of like my initial knee-jerk, you know, licking my wounds reaction was uh, described by the scene from The Office where Daryl, Kevin, and Andy went down into the um, into the warehouse through the little, like, impromptu band sessions, and they were just sound jamming and having a fun time. And then um, 
uh, what's the, name? the James Spader characters, like oh, the yeah. boss is like, Hey, mind if I sit in with you? Like, so and he's, and then what does he do? He brings in actual real professional musicians and just basically pushes out the original three mm-hmm. band members. And it was like, man, that's what it kind of feels like, you know, we, we bring in, you know, we got our nice little league here and we bring in these big names and now they're just pushing all of us out. That was like the, the uh, knee jerk wah reaction. Mm-hmm. So I, I get that. Yeah. Right. Because what I thought is like, well, you know, this level of play is going to force everyone to have to play better. But then Chris, your whole part about parody, because now like one of the things that's this dichotomy, this paradox about like most American leagues is this whole salary control and parity amongst all the teams right mm-hmm. we don't have promotion and relegation mm-hmm. every year you might have you know you might have come in last this year you could win it all next year right if every year you get to start all over right and there's a certain like um attraction to those european leagues this more darwinian approach of people promoting up the better they do and you know relegating the worse they do and all that but when it comes to this type of a situation where a team bankrolls and gets this quick spike of infusion of talent and stuff like that it's kind of hard to be like you know not doom and gloom about because like you know is this going to turn into a real madrid and barcelona league where the two teams are going to just bankroll most of the money and the rest of us are you know scrambling for for scraps exactly we're all the washington wizards That's what I, I kept thinking of. I'm like, so it's going to be Miami and everyone. <laughs> it's going to be Miami, LAFC, and, and one of the New, New York. York teams. And the rest of us will fight for fourth. But, uh, Paul, then your your whole point, right? I think yeah. maybe one of the silver linings and all this is this is this quick shot to the system, right? Now the system is going to have to change. Right? We're all, one, we're all going to start playing better, mm-hmm. which is good. Uh, but then as more money comes in, right, then maybe the system begins to simmer down and, you know, <clears throat> and we bring that parity and pay a salary and whatnot, and we don't necessarily get these spikes of talent. Now, I'm yeah, I mean, get- the other hope is that by having more money in the league, the teams will be able to bring in players that cost more money and therefore yeah. play better. So yeah. the overall result is that the product on the field, if you want to call it the soccer team, yeah. the yeah. product, um, you know, is it grows better across the league. Yeah. Now it's a little trickle down economic because it takes years for that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is possible and it may actually work and it kind of has worked is, you know, MLS is kind of entering its fourth major uh time shift here you know it's now pretty pretty well agreed upon that Messi joining the league is turning us into mls 4.0 yeah um, you know where beckham was 2.0 and then the introduction of tam and stuff like that was like 3.0 and now Messi coming in is 4.0 yeah um you know so it's going to be years for us to really have an idea of what's going on we're definitely like christy was saying going through growing pains right now yeah, yeah absolutely i, I think you know, if if you know the telltale sign of of the accuracy or wisdom of what we're talking about uh, is real, is kind of like making a prediction. And kind of one of my, I had to wager a cager, cup of coffee here. You know, I think we're you know we'll we'll see 
to use the phrase, right, the product on the field improving. Um, you know, I got to imagine as the league gets more money, more players are going to hopefully, you know, it's not just like I want all of us to have equal teams, but it's kind of like, no. it's nice if, you know, yeah, I don't know, like uh, we get our own version. Like we get, it's nice for how teams can get a um, uh, international star or whatever. But I mean, mm-hmm. also, I love our team. I, I think it's great. I, I'm happy with everybody. But I think, you know, if I had to make a prediction, um, you know, I expect things are going to get more expensive. Like, if we start moving to the dynamics of a league like the NFL, let's be honest, like, our seats in the equivalent NFL stadium, they're going to be expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you know, like, think about, like, to translate this over into, like, a European, like, uh, scale. Like, well, we won't be able to afford our seats, you know? Um but um, well, hopefully that will take time too. Hopefully that'll take time. But it's it is that trade off, right? Mm-hmm. Do we want this world class league? Well, then you got to pay for it. You know, it's like yeah. part of me is like I've been with MLS since day one. I kind of like my little backyard league. <laughs> I, I feel like yeah. Kevin, Daryl, and, and Andy getting kicked yeah. out of the uh, out of the warehouse. But you know what? I'm just one guy with my opinion, and you know, I might not know what I'm talking well, about. Well, we'll just see what happens. I don't think that you know any of us knows. I think it will take time. I do think this this seismic thing will simmer down. I think Paul had a lot of good points about you know how this stuff works, the intricacies of it, and you know it just. I think it was just maybe combined with the loss and and you know with the union Absolutely. finally finally having you know, these last couple of years finally being such a threat and being taken so seriously yeah, and all that yeah. kind of thing to have this happen just feels like, of course, yeah. of course the rug would be pulled out, not just, not just pulled out, but pulled out spectacularly yeah. by the goat yeah. in his pink uniform that absolutely clogs my Instagram feed. Um, I actually don't even have a problem with Messi. I quite like Messi. Yeah, uh, I do too. But it, yeah. so that that's that makes it even worse. Um, but, but Jordi Alba, but Jordi Alba, we can hate on. Yeah. And there, there, there is. We can all agree on that. Yeah, <laughs> <one> <laughs> <agree> on. <laughs> that's our one unifying yeah. thing. Do Jordi Alba? Jordi Alba can. Yeah. Well, let's also, uh, you know, just just a couple of things I wanted to just to frame in a slightly more positive note. So, out yeah, of all, let, oh, let, yeah. let's. Let's, out of all, let's silver lining this thing. Sorry, go ahead. Out of all of the League's Cup games the Union played, which I think is like nine or ten, they lost one. They lost yeah. only one League's Cup game, and that you was know. to Miami. Yeah. And other than that, they won every single match against every Mexican team that they met up, went up against. They beat every, every MLS team that they went up against, including mm-hmm. that phenomenal game that I was lucky enough to take Nate to see in the river end against the New York Red Bulls, which yeah. in all honesty, I am now actually considering buying two season tickets in the, in the, in, in the, uh, <laughs> um, the Sons of Ben section for Nate and I to go to every game next year. And let you guys split the uh, season tickets <laughs> got elsewhere just because it was so much fun. Yeah. Um, but the other really thing that I wanted to get back to was the development of the young players for the union. And and even the the lesser lesser known players, uh, Bueno is the easy one that sticks out. Like one of the things that you know coaches always say is players need play time in order to develop. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. And if you remember where Bueno was at the beginning of this season, he was barely getting any time. He was barely yeah, get, making yeah. any sort of a dent. When he was on the field, you kind of cringed anytime he was involved in the play. You just didn't know where it was. Yeah. And then you see where he was against Miami and against, I'm not even saying against Monterey where they rolled out their B squad, but in the league's cup, he was dominating in some of that play. Uh, and, yeah, I agree. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm picking on Bueno in particular just because I've seen the greatest change in a player's performance in the last six months in him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, I, I, th- I think a lot of that goes to the union's approach. It's like they're giving these young players, so long as they show it in, in training, they're giving them time on the field in the games. Yeah, that's a really good point, Paul, that you put out. And now you, know, you mentioned all that. It's like, yeah, like, because when I was re-watching the, uh, the third place game today, it was just like that, that, that <laughs> sub 20 second goal was just like, there was Breno right there in the mix of it. And uh, just throughout the whole game. Yeah, that's a really good point, Paul. I agree. Are you ready to run through a wall now? I'm ready to run through a wall. <laughs> <laughs> It is interesting that both Bueno and Martinez play uh, are Venezuelan, so they actually could end up both playing for that national team at some point, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting because they're kind of similar players. They kind of play that six-eight role, mm-hmm. um, and, and you know he's just done so well. McGlynn as oh, well, you know, with all of the starts he's been getting this season, he's really been making a flock. I mean, you forget how young flock really yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you just think he comes in as a polished, polished performer, but he has stepped up this yeah, year. He's, he's Ariel has grow. stepped up this year. Ariel, yeah. Um, he's a baby and too. Baizo has stepped up this year. Yeah. And hopefully know, the, we can keep him. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that one's a little bit. Yeah. If you're, I don't think we're going to keep yeah, him, Baizo. I don't, think, so. I don't, I don't think we're going to keep Wagner. Um, but you yeah. know, that, that then makes more time have... for Matt Real and let's see what he can true, become. True. Um, you know, there's a whole group of players in the background that 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 if they get enough time, that, that could really be valuable. And that's um, and we've talked about this the whole this whole conveyor belt, you know, was the with the the business term full vertical integration, right? We yeah. uh we we start soup the nuts. That's how I always think it. We we take them, get the the young kids in, and we get them to our eight our, our star our, our yeah our a team our a squad and it's just like every year it's like oh we're gonna lose this guy but then like look who comes in we get to make glint it's like oh we're gonna lose this guy i mean heck let's go back just two more years we're gonna lose this guy who we get oh this aronson kid right we're losing aronson who we get mcglynn oh we're getting here it's like it's it, it there's this consistent influx of young improving talent that mm-hmm. can just jump right in you know, yes. And I think Paul, your point, I think is a really good point. They come in and initially there there's newborn legs are a little wobbly. <laughs> it's like, what are they doing out there? But in six months' time, yeah, you got your bueno scoring a sub 20 second goal. Yeah, and 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 part of that comes back to Tanner's approach. Every player mm-hmm. on the team has no more than a three-year contract. Yeah. And most of them are two-year contracts where the third year is a club option. Yeah. which they so far have pretty much exercised all of the options on their players. 
And it essentially says, hey, you've got two years definitely to to impress us. If you impress us, we're going to go ahead and extend your contract. And if you don't, we'll try to get you an ex- get you a loan somewhere else so you can try to land on your feet somewhere else. And we'll see what we can do. Because that's yeah. kind of what they did with Richard Odata. It sounds like he's off in Belgium or, or Netherlands. Mm-hmm. I forget mm-hmm. where. Um, and, you know, he, he probably won't come back. Uh, he, you know, he mm-hmm. was a midfielder, a defensive midfielder. Now there's plenty of depth there. They're not going to probably bring yeah. him back. They yeah. probably will shift that over to some point next year. But he's got a chance to land somewhere else. And, yeah. you know, part of the, all, you know, the rising ties, raising all boats is by, by showing consistently that the union develops players, gives them playing time, gives them a chance to reach a starter position. Yes. There's going to be teams like the New Yorks, the LAs, the Miamis who draw in the big buck, big number, big value players, you know, towards the end or of their career, possibly, hopefully eventually in the prime. The union are taking a different approach where they're showing we will give young players a chance to be something. So we want to recruit the best of the young talent, bring it into Philly and let it develop. So, Players like Carranza could be the front end of a wave of of young talent that yeah. comes through Philadelphia. Yeah, and I think you know, just listening to that, it's, it it makes me feel a little bit better. You know, helps. It's a little bit of a, of a bomb for my wounds of that yes. Miami loss. It's like, yeah, okay, Miami acquired some serious firepower this year, some serious talent. Let's see where they are in three years. And yep. you know what? The way that you need to do it, three years, we'll still be contending. You know, mm-hmm. it's a sustainable system. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of like it's a little bit like we talk about, like Josie Mourinho and other managers. Right, you yeah. either focus everything you got right now, make it happen, win, whether you succeed or not. <clears throat> the next couple of years, you're shot, and yep. then you got to start all over. We're we're just kind of constantly be there. You know that mm-hmm. that solid B student. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Uh, that's like you know a little bit of ranting at yeah. eleven o'clock on a Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> you know, you can tell I'm tired. Yeah, uh, and so, we're still we're still at least for me, I'm still processing like yeah, just the immediate loss and just where is this all going to go? So, well, that's our job. Our job is to kind of keep you all posted on where this is all going. Maybe yeah. Hopefully, people are still listening and haven't just gone off after <laughs> the number of rants that were happening there. No. So, yeah. thank you if you are still listening. Yes. I hope it was entertaining. Please let yeah. us know. Yeah. A couple of other last topics, unless there's anything else we wanted to bring up no. on this, was yeah. uh, women's World Cup. You know, I'll, I'll admit after the U.S. loss, I, I kind of just started watching some of the recaps. I I, I didn't really watch many of the games. Um, I was pulling for Japan. Uh, mm-hmm. I really thought it was Japan's tournament to to lose afterwards. And, well, I guess they did lose mm-hmm. uh, because they didn't even make it to the final as it was England versus Spain in the final. And Spain ended up winning it. Yeah, and Australia had a great run. Um, yes. Really would have been nice to see them make it to the final for the, you know, playing at home. Um, when was the last time a host country made it to the oh, final? Gosh, they no. quoted that stat Jeez. all over the place. I mean, okay, well, we have, well, 98, right, France. Um, did Germany Germany did not make it to the final? They made it to the semifinal when they hosted. Yeah, I'm trying to remember how that. Trying worked. to remember if France made it to the finals. 
again, I'm just thinking the men's there too. Anyway, yeah. probably the U.S. doing it. I don't know when they last hosted been. the Women's World Cup, but it might have been the U.S. the last time they won it. So anyway, don't worry about it. I, you know, it, it's, it was very entertaining when I was watching it. And, uh, you know, I just kind of soured after the U.S. and just mm-hmm. started watching the recaps. Australia was a lot of fun to watch because, I mean, uh, Chris and I were listening to the uh, Rebecca Lowe and... Uh, no, Brendan uh, Hunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're After the Whistle podcast. And just the whole impact that the uh, Australia uh, women's team was having just on the larger Australian you know, for them. citizenship, the population, right? That, you know, it was really kind of sh- putting a, a really great positive spotlight on, you know, women in sports in Australia, right? That just even like, will have an effect like the U.S.'s uh, it'll, success did. It'll, yeah, really inspire the next generation to come along, you know. Um, uh, Samantha Kerr, I mean, she was honestly... Mm-hmm. She's amazing. And she's amazing. And I was getting Clint Dempsey vibes off of her. Just watching her play. Oh, she's got attitude. Yeah. She's got attitude. And she just tries stuff. Like some of those goals were like, that is absolutely fantastic. It was just like, you just go for it. And it like, mm-hmm. it looks like you practice that and just playing that. But you know, you know, you're just like, ah, screw it. I'm gonna tempt fate. Let's go for it. And you find the back of that. So she was just fantastic. Fearless. And um yeah, and that one went to PKs. No, wait, am I getting I'm confused now? Australia, Sweden, that go to PKs? No, Sweden won that in regular time. Uh, yeah. It was getting into that. The, 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 it was the previous one that got them there. Or, or, yeah, that went to PK. Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, the Australian goalkeeper is absolutely... Oh, um, uh, Arnold. Uh, she, she is... Um, terrifying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, that, was, that was the one that went to, I think, 10... Piece. And it was during that they were playing France, I believe, right? And mm-hmm. so they went to PKs, and um, I don't know which French player it was, took the PK. Uh, she blocked it. Mm-hmm. Arnold blocked it, the Australian keeper. Mm-hmm. The refs blew the whistle saying, and they went to VAR, and uh, Arnold came off her line, off the she goal line, before the shot was taken. So they made him retake the shot. And the, the French player... Shoots exactly in the same direction. Arnold blocks it, and then the whole crowd goes nuts. Arnold doesn't react; she just stops and she just stares daggers at the ref. Like, all right, I'm waiting for you to call this not, a, you know, not a, you know, a, a foul. And then, of course, it does it. And uh, yeah, she was a beast. She looked like the girl from my junior high. You didn't want to make angry, <laughs> you know, or you were going to be challenged to something after school out back. Yeah. I mean, she, she just, she could hold her own. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. She was awesome. Um. So, but yeah. So, and then uh, the final of course um, was. Yeah. Um, the England, Spain, England, Spain. Um, you know, I don't know that we had a particular horse. I, I think we were kind of rooting for England. Yeah. Um, kind of. maybe pro- possibly because of the podcast, as you mentioned, because Rebecca Lowe gave a very impassioned yeah. speech about how second class mm-hmm. uh, you know, like growing up, it was assumed she wouldn't be playing because girls didn't play like she she played soccer with her brother in the yard, but she was keeper because of course she would be because he was the one who would be played, you know. Just or be playing, yeah. I should yeah. say. Um, so you know, just just a, a series of things like when when she was, you know, at this stage of life, this happened, and she was, you know, constantly 
uh, uh, sort of relegated to to the sidelines um, in one way or another related to soccer. And to see this happen was just so meaningful to her. So it was kind of hard. Um, actually, I haven't listened to the last one yet um, to to see her reaction. It would have been recorded just after, so I'm sure it would be heartrending. Um, but, um, you know, drama with the Spain mm-hmm. win. Um, Which, uh, before we get to the Spain yeah. win, I, I do think it's interesting that the the women's league in England, mm-hmm. the women's leagues in England, France, and I think I want to say Sweden or Germany are, are actually considered better now than the women's league in the U.S. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like they actually have a lot more international players playing over there and the level of competition is different. Um, so, I mean, the U.S. NWSL is still well respected and there's a lot of international players in the league. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's not as clearly dominant as it used to be. And, and it is interesting that like I think England now is at this point, as far as women's leagues go, is considered the best in the world. Mm-hmm. So, you know, while this while it may be a shame that England didn't win this tournament, I think they have a very bright future for their women's mm-hmm. program. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah. let's get back to the results in the game, like you were saying. Yeah. So um uh Olga Carmona, who sp- scored the um, only and winning goal for the the in the final for Spain. Um uh you know as many have heard probably by now um sadly found out after the match that her father had passed away just before which wow. is just hard to mm-hmm. even fathom. I mean I don't know the details. I don't know if they've been released. I don't know if it was something if he was ill or if something happened um that was unexpected but um so she has said it was you know the best day of her life suddenly turned to the worst um but uh she um handled herself with such grace so much more than i would have been able to um but a lot of controversy because they have been kind of open i don't even know all the details of it but there was a lot of drama before they even came um the spanish women didn't want the their coach to remain because they did not like the way he um treated them uh and uh, at least 15 of them petitioned to have him removed and they were basically Mm -hmm. told to shut up and sit down by their league and um as a result i think 12 of those players were not um brought to the game to the to the tournament they were were told to either kind of like I don't know, publicly apologize or you have to step yeah. down or you have and, to step down and and a lot of them decided to step, step, step down. down um i mean which must mean they have a heck of a deep, deep situation there um yeah. right but but anyway yeah so um not a fan i mean it was mentioned quite often on the podcast how many um how many times they they excluded him from their celebrations and that kind of thing and then the head of the spanish um uh I don't know. FA, basically, thank you. Um, uh, just, you know, when they were handing out the medals, just randomly full on kissing one of the stars on on her lips, which is, you know, not really what you do in this day and age. And I don't know, just so many things around it. And uh, they are happy that they won, but they are still fighting for a lot over there. And I wish them well in not being treated poorly going yeah. forward. Um, yeah. so, um, 
Hopefully yeah. that situation can that, improve. That does kind of sour the result. You know, happy yeah. for Spain. Mm-hmm. I'll admit, I didn't think that much of the Spanish team in the couple of games mm-hmm. that I watched during the group stage. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that they were able to turn it on. It's always nice to see an underdog perform. Um, I would agree. I would have liked to have seen uh, Australia make it and make mm-hmm. that run. Right. But, um, you know, uh, congrats to the ladies and, and to working so hard and, and making that happen, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. It was definitely a fun tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just Big crazy. Time. It was. It, it it does show you know once again um it's not all on paper uh you know they, they play the games for a reason mm-hmm. brazil and germany didn't make it out of the uh, group stage us lost in the first elimination round right um you know sweden at least still finished high uh yeah. you know they they finished third overall i guess they beat they beat australia yeah, right in the first australia. place game um and as you mentioned japan's early exit too because they're always a strong contender so i guess they lost they must have lost to sweden Mm -hmm. and uh yeah that was that was a surprise i really expected japan to do well so yeah and the time shift did not help that tournament either it was really hard to watch the matches without some serious sacrifice (laughs) or dvring and media blackouts so um yeah but um, we got to wait four more years for that and yeah. three three more for the guys version. That's right. Yeah. And that one will be here in the U.S., mm-hmm. Mexico and Canada. And Philadelphia is actually one of the uh, host cities. Yeah. So if anybody is interested out there and wants to get involved, they are still looking for volunteer help for that. So uh, and, and one of the things, too, is if you volunteer, you sometimes get access to early ticket sales. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Uh huh. All right, so looking looking forward, the Union do have a game back to the regular season. Thank goodness. Uh, they yeah, it feels kind of weird just to be back to the regular season now, you know? Yeah. Um, they are traveling south to D.C., so it's a local trip, but uh, they are heading down to D.C. on Saturday, take on the uh, D.C. United. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently, the Union are sitting third in mm-hmm. in the league or in the Eastern Conference, and, and D.C. is in 10th. Um, now Rooney's done a good job recently trying and getting them turned around and, and they have been playing a bit better. It mm-hmm. will be interesting to see how the union bounce back after the Miami loss and um, you know, see who they roll out against DC. It, it, it does feel like it's a little bit of like, you know, getting our sea legs back now, yeah. you know, yeah. and see if we can. I was liking it to restarting a car with a slow end, a slow battery, a low battery, kind of like, all right, now, you know, yeah. we've had this, we had this break in the middle of the season, which I, you know, I, I still don't like, uh, mm-hmm. the union, especially since the union were doing well in season matches right before yeah. we took the break. And then now they have to get back up to speed now. Hopefully that means DC is also slowed down because you know dc hasn't been in the league it has been an has had longer of a layoff than the union at least the union kept playing up through last saturday mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. hopefully that will give them an advantage that they're yeah. at least still competitive at this point yeah uh do we want to talk predictions or have we gone on long enough because i feel like this uh, this podcast has I gone think on we've done least. enough i was even thinking before we start recording it's like you know maybe not worry about predictions just kind of like eh, what do you hope to see in this game yeah, I I just I want to see, see Aura come back. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I feel like we're getting to a point where Aura needs to step up this season or he's not coming back next season. 
um you know maybe they'll just let him go that's what i want to see how about you guys i'd like to see the triangle of death i'd like to see that you know a little bit of you know firing on all cylinders you know just maybe a nice nice to well strategized deliberate pretty goals that's okay. what i'd like to see uh, as long as I don't have to see a pink uniform for a little while, I'm fine. <laughs> so that's that's really all I have. Once again, Christy wins the quote line. Yeah, <laughs> quote, exactly. Quote theme. <laughs> yeah. Well, you doing that? I'm like, I, I already looked down the note at the time. <laughs> all right. Uh, just last last note: the uh, DD, the FC Dallas game that was scheduled for last Sunday has been rescheduled for September 27th. Uh, that'll make the end of the season even more congested for the Union. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, people will, you know, players will stay healthy through that stretch. Yeah. Uh, and to that end, you know, other than Bedoya, I mean, Carranza just had an injury, but for the whole, for the number of games that the Union have played, which is absurd at this stage yeah. of the Union yeah. season, they have done fairly well at staying healthy. So hopefully yeah. they keep that going. Yeah. All right. So anything else? I'm Seeing good. nothing, I will make the motion to close <laughs> this meeting. All right. Uh, as always, you can find us at our website, amorephillyunion.com. You can email us at pod at amorephillyunion.com. Our uh, social media, formerly known as Twitter, is amorephillyu. Instagram, YouTube, threads, amorephillyunion. So you can get our podcast wherever you get your others. Uh, Google, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, etc. Please subscribe, like, comment, and help spread the word. We are trying to get our our downloads up to a yeah, thousand. Uh, so thanks everyone for tuning in to another episode of a more Philly Union, uh, especially a long one. It feels like we'll see what yeah. what we edited this down to. We'll see. I mean, way we're, we're making up for last week, so that's we're, right. We're giving we're, you. We're making it. We're giving you extra this week. We're, we're making sure you get your money's worth. There you go. <laughs> we are your hosts. I'm Paul. I'm C. And I'm E. Go, go, go Peter Brady. <laughs> I think we did actually. <laughs> when it's time uh, to change. <laughs> oh, crap. That's on recording. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And there it is. That's right. I don't know. Yeah. I, got uh, I, I, I was singing along with you. So.